Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today is a returning guest who surprisingly did not pick a Ken Russell film this time. From the Film Rage podcast, it's Jim Evans, everyone. Hey, Woo. hey. Woo-hoo. How this are you? the greatest moment of my week. I have been so looking forward to this. Oh my oh, God, good. John. I oh, love good. being on your show. So much joy. It's so much fun talking to you too, because you are just so knowledgeable. And like now we're venturing off into a different world of the the musicals. (laughs) We've gone from the weird and and wonderful mind of Ken Russell into the weird and wonderful well minds uh of Um, Parker and Stone, right? Yes. We're here today to talk about Cannibal, the musical. It came out in 1993. Screenplay, as Jim said, by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Music and lyrics by Trey Parker, directed by Trey Parker. And according to IMDb, the sole survivor of an ill-fated mining expedition tells how his taste for gold was replaced by that of human flesh. That's not exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. But of course, it's a pretty good tagline, right? Yeah. If you're going to think, if you're good, because I mean, it was supposed to be gold he was looking for, but. Well, so the idea is that they hired this guy, uh, Alfred Packer. Yes. Who's a real person, by the way. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll Uh, get to that. (laughs) Oh, we will put a pin in that right now. Who. Uh, people hired him to go like do an Oregon Trail style adventure through the wilderness and at least in this one it's a comedic take where the the guy's like yeah I've been there once (laughs) well I think he's he was from that state right I think that's what it was like anybody here from blah 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 state oh I thought he said that he did work there once yeah well yeah but he also think he came from that way too but anyway yeah it was it's funny in that respect it's like I mean sure I'll go (laughs) I'm up for anything (laughs) so they they hire him to go on an adventure and then it turns to shit because he has no idea at least in this portrayal of the story (laughs) he has no idea how to get there (laughs) <laughs> and he keeps taking the wrong turn at Albuquerque by the looks of things. Because whenever they show those comedic maps where they show the people's lines going, this is where I'm going. It's yeah, like, yeah. The... We can see where you're supposed to go. Just go up there. <laughs> where um, they're following his horse that, did he fuck the horse? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, they were, the, well, the one character almost wanted to fuck the sheep, but I don't think he fucked the horse. I think he was just one of those virginous, naive, simpletons Jim, that, Jim, what? There's a whole song that says, when I was on top I of know, you. I know, I know. That he but sings about the horse. I know. That he fucked the horse he did or not. he wanted to fuck the horse no least. he was no it's just a play on words because it's <laughs> i i was wanting to make you think it's dirty because if you close your eyes he fucked the and horse and imagine <laughs> i don't know 
<laughs> this is this is this could be seen as like a rom com where he's chasing after the girl the whole movie, I but know. the girl is a horse in this case. But that's also part of the joke, right? Because like at the beginning part where he's in prison and Polly comes to him and she's talking about the, what the heck's the name of the stupid horse? I don't remember. Leanne. Leanne. Oh, Leanne. Yeah. Right. He, she's talking about Leanne and the whole time you're thinking, oh my God, it's his love of his life. And then you find out no leanne is his horse and then of course it it brings it more to see i didn't take it that he did fuck his horse but i mean sure i mean sure we i could go there too why not he i know you always the, like to go you always like to go to the, the place where someone fucked the horse but i always. didn't go no i don't always go there <laughs> this movie went there now okay granted this is the mines this is like basically the precursor to south park Yes. Because did you notice like a lot of jokes were similar? Oh, yes. And there's even um, a scene. Uh, I, I forget where it is, but they're going to go into the saloon, I think, at one point. And it's literally Eric Cartman's voice that comes out of it. Did you hear that in the thing? Yes. I'm just like, yeah. oh, well, my God, I made a note of it. I'm like, that's 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 <laughs> that's the voice of Eric Cartman four years before. South Park comes out. So I watch I watch everything in with subtitles these days because hi I'm a millennial. Uh, uh, and it does say in cart like in parentheses Cartman's voice. No way. Yeah, it was totally his voice. Like I'm just like, and I forget who does him if it's Matt Stone or Trey Parker. But, I can't remember. But but, it, but they also did. They, there was also a joke where um one of the guys takes off his hat and he has like this huge red afro yeah afro kyle and that is yep. that's a kyle um yep. there's a few things here and there but like the the interesting thing is that they were so young when they made this movie yeah. i believe I, I can't, I don't know if this is like, this was like a thesis, a senior thesis project for their college, or they just did it while they were in college. Yeah. But you I'm could, not sure, yeah. I mean, I felt like you could, like, uh, I felt like you could tell that this was them with like a camcorder and their best friends. Well, not a camcorder. Like, an, like it was an actual camera that they camera, had. Camera, yeah. But it was them being like, who wants to be in our movie? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And some of the some of the actors in it are in other things that they do. And some of them are like now in, I don't know what to say, Hollywood for being, you know, famous people. The, forget what the one guy, the little, the shorter guy in the story. He was, he was the, the other hero guy from uh, Basketballs. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like they have this genre. I almost wonder if they work with them still. Like, I mean, you go to film school with people, you imagine that you know you're going to stay buddies because you're of all going to have a twisted sense of humor together, right? Well, that and maybe share trauma? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've we've all had that in college. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I gotta say, I've never I've surprisingly i own this dvd i've never watched it until you picked it and so i mean i thoroughly enjoyed it i was there was points where i was laughing i had a moment 
during the song let's build a snowman <laughs> oh my god so i connected some dots this is a wild theory i have everyone so i this... love your theories let's hear it okay <laughs> so we gotta remember this movie came out in 1993 right years later matt and trey worked with robert lopez to do the book of mormon where he wrote the music robert lopez also wrote music for frozen so during the song let's build a snowman i was like did robert lopez steal this song for from for frozen like it's pretty it it made sense (laughs) to me chronologically to be like okay they're talking they are wanting to build a snowman and be yeah <laughs> named Olaf. <laughs> named Olaf, and like they want they. It is a joyous song, and I mean, in this case, in this movie, it's somebody losing their fucking mind. But in Frozen, yep. it's a form of bonding, a form yep. of like you know, hey, let's cheer you up. But I don't know. I was. <laughs> well, and did you notice that? I mean, it takes. I think there's some deep seated thoughts from parker about mormonism in general i mean even because like the guy who's with them who happens to be uh religious has the book of mormon like of course yeah it's it's in there like it's not the bible he's not carrying around the bible he's carrying around the book of mormon well what's it like this is i guess this is an important movie if you're like in the parker stone universe of like South Park, Book of Mormon. Yep. Um, fuck it. We'll include Orgasmo as well. Yo, yeah. Throw them all in there. Basketball. Let's go for it. Yeah. Like, it feels like this is just the catalyst for all these <laughs> future projects that they're like, you know what? It, like, maybe it was a, a thesis project where they're like, we don't know if we're going to actually make it, but let's fucking do it. Yeah. Let's put it all out there and now they're like great let's expand on things <laughs> yeah no i i would i would say i mean <clears throat> i think it just comes from the core of his his humor right like i and you you think that he went from this to south south park which south park in the early days i think it was more about the comedy like this was i found this was more about the comedy but if you watch if you watch south park now it is probably the best political um, satire show. Yeah, yeah. In social, yeah. Thank you, social commentary for the USA right now. Like, there's no show that does that better, and they they really try and turn their episodes really quick. Like, that's been some of the discussions I've seen on from them on um, directors' oh, commentaries and stuff. Yeah, they they do it in a week. Yeah. So that's because they, they want it to be to topical, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I I, I would one hundred percent agree. I think this is the precipice that that allowed them to become. But there's such a gap between this movie and when South Park kind of started. Well, right? yeah, <laughs> they well they did orgasmo in between, I think, because I believe that was. But was in... that that was just him acting, wasn't it, or? no hold on i could have sworn that was also them writing and or directing it let me look it up. so did cannibal the this is from a direction standpoint of parker he did cannibal the musical then two years later he did a short then the start of what the south park was in 1995 there's a spirit of christmas 
which oh right that. it's awesome and then and then Two. in 97 he did, he did orgasmo yeah so that's that's like four years later and then south park starts when does oh but he doesn't he doesn't direct south park so that's where our problem is there does he he should he's writer if you check writer credits 97 is when it starts yeah so if you look at his writing credits because that's usually the best way to track him uh the spirit of christmas was was done at south park in 90 well it shows on here is the short in 92 as he wrote it then then american history cannibal the musical your your studio and you oh the spirit of christmas comes out and then time warped orgasmo and then south park yeah no 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 so you have to jump all the way up because now it's it's still because it's still yeah it's still running yeah but it did start in 97 so um yeah and now he's basically just doing south park (laughs) yeah well and you know it's funny because i still think team america is and you know maybe i have to come back to do that at some point because i i think that's almost a musical isn't it <laughs> why not, <laughs> why not? <laughs> i mean the song team america is worth singing about oh no there isn't i think it is a musical i think he actually loves musicals i really do think he does because he does some music in a lot of his stuff yeah so um we did i did as another episode on um south park bigger longer and uncut mm-hmm. and we've done the um mr henke two mr henke episodes <laughs> where he's mr. written all the music and yeah, he he does yeah and this one he did too so now now i'm getting i'm really appreciating him because like that's hard oh yeah to be well and who's um the family guy what's his name um, oh seth mcfarland yeah he he's similar in that way right like he loves music too and puts music in a lot of things right yeah well what's really interesting is that for for uh uh, uh south park bigger longer and uncut um trey parker teamed up with mark shaman who's a big broadway writer <laughs> well that's why he probably got an oscar nod for for the song right yeah <laughs> so that's why i'm like okay well at least I mean, and you could see it here too. He he takes he has different melodies. He's having fun with things. I honestly can't remember any of the songs. It's been a couple of days since I watched this movie, but like, I can't hum you a thing. But it felt like he studied some musicals and then parodied them. Yeah. Um, yes. Specifically, Spadoinkle. Yeah. <laughs> like that is Oklahoma. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, it's totally Oklahoma. Totally. And and I love that about um, it had that real old timey feel is the best I can explain it with the with the with the musical in it, because it had that whole thing about like the intro part was like was like the early movies where they had they had all the intro songs kind of clipped a little bit. So you got a little piece of every single song at the beginning. Like an overture, like, yeah. You can overture, thank you. You you speak theater better than <laughs> I. Um, but yeah, it's the overture and, and where they where the allows the musicians to warm up, the orchestra to warm up, right? And then and then it goes in and then when like the song will go in the movie and then it's still playing as the subtext in the in the movie. It's still playing as the soundtrack. Because you'll hear like spadoink doink, 
heard it's still playing like the music is still going like clips of it it's just so <laughs> well crafted that you just you're, you're going like you're kind of still humming along <laughs> when you're saying oh yeah they're you know they're doing this or doing that and sure enough it's uh oh oh by the way there is a lot of songs in Team America. So put a pin in me coming back. Okay. We will I will add it to the list. Um <laughs> I I'm looking at my notes here and I had some stray thoughts at the beginning. I wrote, fuck, a trauma film. This won't this won't be good. Because <laughs> tra- for those of you who don't know, and I know you know, Jim, because yep. you're Mr. Movies over there. I'm a trauma. I look like um, a trauma fan. Trauma films are like mm, they're like D level. <laughs> they're not even B. They're not even B list or C list. They may not even be D list. Like they are E list. Like they are or... so far down. They're, yeah. It's literally the I've got a camcorder. You know that one uh, monologue from, uh, you know that one Shakespearean monologue. So you're the best actor in our town. So now we're going to make a, mo- a horror film. Like that's it. Um, <laughs> Uh, Toxic Avenger is the best example. Oh yeah, in my opinion. I mean, I oh. I know there's a whole list, a whole litany of them, but I wrote that's the first note, and then I just wrote down. I'm not sure I'm supposed to feel about the opening title card, where I think this is them talking about. This is the them talk um, incepting the joke that um, it was supposed to be Oklahoma, or right? Yeah, like it was supposed to be the success of, the success of Oklahoma, but darker <laughs> yeah oh yeah totally right but even the words that like the it the the twist in the humor in the words is just so much fun i have to say though like as much as we were talking about um trey uh parker like um studying musicals he also studied this person very well i feel like interesting so- Alfred Packer, yeah, um, known as the Colorado Cannibal. I'm reading off the Wikipedia page, everyone, because nice again, millennial. Uh, um, <laughs> he was he at least according to this uh, according to this article is a self proclaimed wilderness guide. So they were like, let's not do that for this movie. Clearly, um, yes. who confessed to cannibalism during the winter of 1874. It turns out after the story was called into question, Packer escaped jail and hid from justice for nine years. He eventually he was eventually tried, convicted of premeditated murder and sentenced to death, but won a retrial and was eventually sentenced to 40 years of prison on five counts of voluntary voluntary manslaughter. So now my question to you, though, with the movie yeah. Do you believe Packer's story? Or do you think he's lying? Yeah, you know, it's interesting too, because I thought that, and maybe because they put right in the credits of the movie that Polly was able in real life, Polly was able to come back and get him off or something, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Right? Yeah, she, I, I didn't her I didn't article exactly. was the one that, that that this is where they're probably playing with uh history. Yeah. Well, but you know what makes it, I don't know, just all Parker's stuff, what makes it fun is poking fun at themselves, right? Like they, they, nobody is, is off the list. They make fun of literally everybody. They make fun of people from Colorado where they live. They make fun of 
you know, every race, color, <laughs> creed, you name it, like nobody is safe with them, which actually makes it better in that respect, right? Like if, if all the jokes were about a specific thing, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair or wouldn't be just, right? But because they're not afraid to just make fun of every single thing that's stupid in the world, it, it, it brings attention to it. In my, my opinion that it, I love, I love that about either musicians, artists, whatever that, that show the negativity to breed the positivity. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, um, and, and they, I think they do it better than anybody else because you know, they're the type of people they are. They are good people. They just, they think, you know, some of this needs to be made and needs to be shown. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it made it, it made it so much funnier that he was a nitwit and they gets lost yes. for that way because if they tell the real story the guy was obviously um a real if he were you know he's a trapper not a trapper i guess he wasn't a trapper he was a guide um and the he, trappers he are was, a whole he other was a, story he was a digger remember he was a digger not a trapper yeah in in the movie but he's in real digger. life <laughs> I, yeah in the real oh, life I, i'm sorry i thought you meant in the movie sorry no no in real life it's it it sounds like he was an actual guide right like he self-proclaimed he so. guide yeah there you go so maybe but he wasn't necessarily self-proclaimed in the movie it was more about yeah i've been there <laughs> all right you're signed up and the, i got i have i'm going to just share my screen for a hot second because i want to show you what this guy looks like because the real guy the real guy yeah Oh wow, he looks like a cannibal. He totally like, looks like a cannibal. But like they kind of got it with uh, the look yeah. of um oh of, the, of the shitty wigs and beards. Yeah, and the shitty mustaches and beards. It was that's what also brought more of the humor to it. And just even things like the timeout thing. It's just it's like that, time that was dumb, but like <laughs> I'm glad though that I, that one they followed the comedy beats of it and they weren't harping on it. But I was just like, did we need this? <laughs> it, it went. I don't know. I think it's funny because you know it's like here you're dealing with a bunch of adult men and to have something like time out, it just made it even more ridiculous True. to me. <laughs> um, so you mentioned her, and I want to talk more about her, Polly. 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 Polly, um, I want to get her the actress's name. Hold on, please. I should have been better at this. Toddy Walters is plays Polly Pry. Yep. Don't know if that's a real person or not. I haven't done that much research. Looks like she is uh, one of their actors, regulars. Um, one of their regulars. Yeah, she was in. She's done a couple of voices in South Park. Um, Orgasmo. She was in Orgasmo, and she is in the soundtrack for Basketball. Hmm. So, but she's she's she hasn't really done anything. Like she's not she's not a a working actor by the looks of things. Because well, I don't shows know. Because for... okay, so watching the movie, primary majority of these people. You can tell that this was either their first role or they're just friends there for fun. Oh, yeah. Because they're but, not talented. Let's face it. No. But her, she seemed like a breath of fresh air. She seemed like yeah. she was actually a performer, an actor. I, she did actually feel that way. And and maybe she was another friend from 
film school. Like maybe she was and, one of the acting friends that they had, and so they're like, yeah, it okay. could be, but but her credits are just like there's she could be there's a stage really actor. nothing. She well, that's that's you know because that's one of the things stage actors just don't get listed on IMDb, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not listing unless the the stage production goes into movie, right? So she was in a. <laughs> which i kind of want to see this now she was in a tv series called that's my bush so if (laughs) for nothing else i want to see that um she's also a singer and songwriter maybe that's more of her yeah yeah it says she's a composer too right so and perform oh she from 2015 to 2018 she founded and performed an amy winehouse tribute band oh wow um and i think she's quietly living out her life these days <laughs> well you know that's just it we always assume we see people on in movies or in stage right and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we don't see them in things and then all of a sudden we assume oh you know what they maybe they dropped dead or maybe whatever but maybe they actually just chose a different life like maybe they got married and decided to have kids or maybe you know the limelight isn't for everybody yeah or yeah i mean and people that you think are really talented and the next thing you know you're like what where where are they so here's a question that i wrote down that i think will kind of go against some things i said earlier do you think they're brilliantly making fun of golden age of musicals or just awkwardly getting through this movie i think it's a little bit of column a a little (laughs) bit of column b like I just think what, like, if you saw this before, like, if you saw this in 93, which I didn't see it in 93, but I saw it not too long after because I watch a lot of movies, as you know. And yeah. and this was one that I had picked up at, and I bought it, actually. So I own this as well. And I watched it, and then I hadn't watched it again. I just remember thinking it was wacky and fun well before I knew anything about South Park. And... And so when you if you saw this now though and you didn't know anything about Trey Parker and South Park and this was the standalone piece that you would it it would you would probably think it lends more to making fun of that musical era hmm. but because we know that Parker's love of music it's in everything he does I think it was really his way of just his twisted sense of humor, his love of musicals. And, and, and and I've never heard him say anything like, you know, I'm a huge musical fan, but everything he does has music involved in it. Like he throws music in all the time. So I, I really feel that he thinks it's a big part of what, what should be. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards the fact that this was a, a, a project of passion to sort of say, okay, I've got a twisted about, sense of humor. I how love about the, cannibals. And... <laughs> how about the writing is the the passion, but the acting is them stumbling through it? Because yeah, there's, yeah, there, there's some things that they did that I was like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> well, the acting is all pretty terrible. Let's face it, right? Like it yes. is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what $125,000 from 93 is equal to now but that's still you know there's things in there some of the production values were actually pretty good and some of the horror gore effects yeah were better than a lot of stuff because they were all practical effects um i did like 
the fake out opening mm-hmm. because it that's where it felt like it was the trauma like the trauma film yes. type yeah yep. and then they're like nah this isn't the movie everyone yeah no we're Get, still doing a flashback in. but yeah. strap yourself isn't... in you're in for a, you're in for a ride wow one hundred twenty five thousand dollars yeah that, even in 93 that is nothing Oh yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Is, and you know, you can tell. I mean, the production values in this is is terrible. The sound, it's like in they some don't. scenes they... they had like one mic. Obviously, it's it's like you can, you know, it sounds like it's in an echo chamber. In a... if, it feels like 95 percent of this is also dubbed. Yeah, or, it could be. Yeah, or ADR. I should say. Yeah, I um. This remember the song Frenchie sings, the trapper song. Huh. <laughs> that's that's actually Trey Parker singing it. So there he's lip syncing that whole thing. Of course he is. <laughs> Which I, mean, I thought was kind of funny because I didn't know Trey Parker could sing as good as he could, right? Well, he has to do all the singing too on South Park and everything. Yeah, I guess. So he's got he's got tone and melody and he, he can hold a hold a note, right? So although that trapper song. I was not expecting that style. <laughs> and and I wrote it, I wrote down, leave it to Matt and Trey to keep us on our feet. I'm going to give Matt some credit here. Yes. Because they probably were hitting the bong one night. And I'm like, you know what would be funny? If the Trapper song was an opera. We're <laughs> yes. like, yeah, and a ballet. Oh, the ballet scene was his dream of dancing with Frenchie. It was just like, <sighs> so good. What was there was an actual no the that was the nightmare right the mm-hmm. yeah the ballet nightmare which yeah the ballet was wasn't part of the 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 trapper song but it was yeah he had a dream about let's see I was thinking more of as a dream like subliminally he's uh, he's repulsed and is at the same time attracted to to My, the trap I I love though that they were also playing into the campiness and the humor being like okay i'm now going to turn around and then it's going to be a dance double where like they hired a professional dancer to actually yes because you can't see their faces (laughs) everything yeah and then they turn around they're like huh i just spun i just did like 75 turns in a row what (laughs) It just Look makes at me it that kick much. my face now. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it that much over the top and like <laughs> wackadoo. I love it. This is actually a pretty fun one, I have to say. Yeah, you know, as I was watching it too, you know, I'm, I'm much more of an opera person than I am a musical person because I oh, really yes. uh-huh. I have I have problems where they where they make the song that could be just said like i'm just like no that's kind of not what i think the musicals should be but that's what a lot of them are i know i talked about this with you before but what i found about this one was as i'm watching it i'm going like i i really 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 want to see this really well done as a stage play musical like and i could totally you could totally see this being done and when i looked at its history uh canadians where i am absolutely love this like it's it's had more canadian and i think it might be lends to the canadians 
um, sense of humor also because, you know, it takes place in the snow where you got to eat people. And, you know, I'm sure that <laughs> happened a lot in Canada. But, you know, and it's try it's had a touring company across Canada and it plays. Wait, a there's an actual stage show? Yeah, this has been put, like if you look at um, your favorite oh, source, look at Wikipedia. I, I didn't see that. No, take take a look at Wikipedia. Take a look at the amount of. Oh, there's a whole stage, stage production section. Yes. Oh, so it's been yes. several amateur productions happened since 1996. The first was in California. Wow. Yeah, like it's got a big resurgence. I w- I'm intrigued. I would like to see it because what I like about the movie is that they are doing humor for film. Yes. Where, like we said, they have the dance doubles. They're obviously lip syncing. They're able to be outside. And I think that's how they save some money is yeah, like, yeah. wait until winter and they're, they're in Colorado. So they're yeah, like, so there's All always right, let's winter. Go climb a mountain. It could have been summer and they were still filming it in the winter, right? Because <laughs> True. In, where I am, it it is. There's, I'm literally right by the mountains and you can go into the mountains and there's snow 12 Year months round. a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why the budget was, a, they were able to stretch the budget a little more. Well, it filmed over a long shooting period too, right? It's... Probably. Shooting but couldn't you again. imagine, like, did you, you must've seen Evil oh, Dead, so the you... musical, right? In, in, on stage, not. right? You've never seen I it have... on stage? Not yet. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like I could see this traveling with Evil Dead, the musical, and it would be just, it's it just, it's would be just, brilliant right with the whole you know splash section and like i could just see it with the cannibal it's i could totally see it like done with the the humor and the and the songs done so tightly like by real actors and real talent and seeing this i i am like so on board with this if it comes to new york again let me know i'll be getting on a plane (laughs) um i'm sorry i just read about the little history production of this um i should have done my research before the episode but i think this is fun keeps us on our toes uh the film began as a three-minute trailer for film class having been an idea parker and his friends had for a while but also inspired in part by parker's resentment towards his ex-fiance leanna adamo yeah so that's why the horses i was like oh that makes sense about the horse now. So he did fuck the horse. <laughs> he did not fuck. Well, in real life, he did, but not. No, no, no. Packer fucked the horse. Packer fucked the horse. <laughs> I'm going hashtag no fucking horse. But, you know, <laughs> I did think it was bad. funny, though, that they. <laughs> the scene, the scene where they're like, look, there's a sheep. And then the, the sh- I'm going to say the shorter person within the uh, group starts pulling his pants down <laughs> the guys are like what but this isn't is the that time. the is that the one that has the fake like like that has a pillow for a belly he was the shortest guy in the troop oh i know which one you're talking about the, yeah yeah and he goes to pull his pants down he's like no no i have to go to the bathroom like the joke was that he was gonna fuck the sheep yes. but instead he just no no i just got to go to the bathroom it's like little things like that where it's just like this wasn't needed but i'm glad it was there because it just made me laugh there's the, there's that one character who has the red long johns uh, that visible, but he they also like put a pillow 
to give him like a gut. Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, oh god, you guys. Clearly, <laughs> there's no money here. It's like... <laughs> but uh, it also makes it just that much more funnier. Right? I honestly and... think the budget just went to the cameras, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, possibly it wasn't. Certainly wasn't to the to the sound in any way. And you know, it, I I don't know. I would say there's there was probably I didn't count, but there was probably like. 30 little clip scenes in there that when they'd pop up and I would just start laughing. Like even in there in the courthouse scene with the little old lady, she looked like she was like 90 years old. She throws a tomato at him. It's just like, it's so like funny. Just these random things that were in there that just made it that much more funnier to watch. How did you feel about the, the native Americans being played by Japanese people? I thought, you know what? At, at first when it first came on, of course, because I, you know, again, I watched this so many years ago when I first saw it. And when I was rewatching it, I was going like, wow, I don't know how I like this. But then it, it made it so good. It was because the Japanese that were pretending that they were Native Americans so they could live there. It, it actually, I thought it was okay. I thought that that was, that was just, it made I it feel more- like that's referencing something and I don't know what. Yeah, it's, you're probably right. Like it's, it, I mean, there, there was times in the past right where there was whole communities that that immigrated to canada and the u.s right like there's the whole giant chinese immigration when they did the railways right both in our country both our countries and then there was a lot of japanese immigration i know in in particular in my province there was a significant amount of japanese that came to us and and in fact uh during the second world war there was interim camps in canada for Japanese people and actually towns and cities were formed from those intern camps. So I don't know if it's necessarily making reference to that, but I just thought well, it was funny that it was like these Japanese people are kind of poking fun at it to say like, and they were kind of like the heroes of the story too, right? Well, so. here's a fun IMDb trivia fact that I just found for everyone. Um, what? Literally from the trivia page. The tribe of Japanese Indians that Packer and his group encounter on their journey is referred to as the Nahosian tribe. Nahosian is Japanese for Japanese people. They were played by Japanese exchange students. While at UCB, Trey Parker had a double major in music and Japanese. So, I I guess this is also like part biopic for maybe but but was that tribe did that tribe exist or was it just the fact that you know it's like you use what you use he wasn't going to be racist against the indigenous communities so he said what do i have i have japanese friends let's let's put them in the movie and then make fun of the fact that they're people people wouldn't know the difference but you know put the japanese flag on their teepees because they're like you guys don't really seem like like your natives this <laughs> is like like what are you talking about we have teepees i i feel like though that there might be more to this mm-hmm. again i think that there is another reference because like trey parker sorry matt stone i'm only going to give trey parker this credit i feel like he does things not on accident oh i feel totally. like everything yeah. has a purpose he's that type of writer do I yeah. want to say auteur? I don't want to say auteur. Yeah, yeah. I want to, auteur, yeah. Do, do I want to say auteur? Sure, that's that's worth it. Because 
like we said, even with South Park being now politically conscious social commentary, like no stone is left unturned. Everything down to the minor detail is thought out. Granted, with this movie, because it was such a low budget and potentially a student film, they probably couldn't do all that he wanted to do. Would this uh, warrant a remake or do we like it as it is? Like if you actually had a bigger budget and actual talent that could I, sing and dance and do everything. I, I, this, this is my thoughts. I hate remakes. I just really hate them. I think there's a reason it's something is a moment in time and it captures that piece of history. And if you remade this with a budget, I don't think it could get to the same level of camp and fun that it would be unless Trey Parker I'm, did it himself, right? I'm like, just spitballing here. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. No, I no, no. I, I, no, but I, I, again, what I say, this needs to be a traveling <laughs> stage show. I want to see yes. this on stage with an audience where they're engaged and laughing and getting blood soaked in the first five rows. A la like, Rocky Horror, where there's like an audience participation moment no, as well. Well, I mean that that could be too. But if again, I think go take a look at Evil Dead the musical because in yeah. Evil Dead the musical, it's very much like that. Like they have a splatter zone. They say sell white shirts before you go in that you <laughs> covered in blood, right? Like yeah, that makes sense. And then you come out and it, like your shirt is like drenched drenched in blood it you know that type of stuff i think just it the humor kind of lends itself to that and because there is enough scenes in it where there is murder that it it could it could have that in it is all i'm thinking like i just think, i mean or, I or like rocky horror this. same thing like anything where the audience can participate with this movie because it's, i know it was fun i know i asked the question but like i agree with you there's something pure about this movie being what it is like yeah you could have like the best trained actors and singers and everything do this but i think what's great about this movie is that the winking at the camera isn't forced Mm -hmm. it feels honest it feels like they're just like you want me to do what now (laughs) (laughs) not not like and now i look at the camera and wink like (laughs) i feel like they were they were getting like real and honest and pure (laughs) Oh yeah, performances. Yeah, I I would agree. Though yeah. terrible, but yeah, of but. course they were all <laughs> terrible. But yeah, I would agree. I think I think they were serious about being funny and not necessarily winking at the camera. But there's there's scenes where they're definitely winking at the camera because. Uh, oh yeah, like but like it, it's it doesn't feel. Yeah, it doesn't feel like um, Mel Brooksy as Mel Brooksy as it could like. When I was watching it, I watched it with my brother-in-law and he was like, kind of feels a bit like Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles. And I'm like, "Mm, no, because Blazing Saddles, it was more of that winking. Like Mel Brooks actually winks at the cameras and some of the characters actually wink at the camera, break the fourth wall type of thing. But that didn't do that. That didn't break the fourth wall. It just, you knew when a scene was happening that they're like, okay, the geeks are going to get this. The geeks are going to find this funny, right? And and that's what I kind of fun with, like even the scene where they're he he goes running out of the saloon after they found out he was a cannibal, 
And like, you see the people running out and they're just running out and then running behind the set and coming back and running. Yes. like some of this. Yeah. And then, so, and then may, somewhere along the way, like they throw on a different hat or they yes. pick up a jacket or something, <laughs> but it's the same people I'm watching. I'm like, okay, he's gone by twice. And then that person's gone. Cause by. I, I was like, I've definitely, I've definitely done a scene like this and I've seen people do something similar to this where they're like, we only have a set number of people, but we need it to look like we have it hundreds was a, of people. Exactly. Like we only just, have fifteen, yeah. and we need to make it look like we have a hundred and fifty. And and I've been extras in a few movies, and I've been an extra like in five different scenes from one one, and it's like okay, now you got to pretend. Now you're put on a jacket, and now you're with this person, and now take your put a hat on, and you're with this person. Yeah. It's like if people watch the background of most of the movies they watch. Yeah, I was, totally I was watching that scene. I was like, I want to now see, like, move the camera over a little bit so we can see what it looks like, <laughs> <laughs> or bird's eye view of like. Yeah, the, the giant <laughs> circle that they're making. <laughs> the swarm of people circling around the that fake uh, wall. Yeah, it's. Oh, do you know why Packer is making a house in the jail cell? There, was no. there a, did I miss something? No, I I didn't I didn't catch that either. I wasn't sure why, but you know he had nothing better to do than he's in prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> but to your point, there was probably a reason that. Parker put it in there, right? True. As well as the telepathic cat. <laughs> I forgot about that until I saw this question. I was like, yeah, what was with the telepathic cat? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> there there was there was so many little pieces in there. Even like the snow when he's gonna build the snowman. Like you know there's snow around, and then the next thing you know, you you turn and there's like one little pot- patch of snow that's gonna make a makes a snowball out of to to do the, do the snowball it was just like oh my god <laughs> my favorite like i love the the tap moment that you don't see and then later oh, somebody's like how yeah was tapping? <laughs> how, how was he able to tap i know and i actually was while we were watching it my brother-in-law turns to me and he's like how's he making tapping sound i'm like just shut go up with it yeah shut, shut up. up just go with it he's on a rock like who cares <laughs> uh jim is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat oh yeah this was this was just fun i i uh i thought this was such a fun movie there, there's so many scenes in it that just kept making me laugh but also it was a trend it was um if people turn this on i think i feel and don't let it get to at least 20 minutes they could easily turn this off and miss the gem that this is mm. That's what I feel. Because as I was watching it again, I'm like, oh my God, this is so terrible. And then the good stuff doesn't happen at least until about 15, 20 minutes into the movie. See, I would say if you turned it off as soon as that opening happened, you are definitely missing everything. Yes. Oh, yeah. That that opening, it doesn't really tell you what the rest of the movie is going to be, but it kind of does. Yes. So just get through that opening. It's going to be bad. It's going to definitely look like friends in their backyard had a went to party city and got a fake plastic foot and covered it in ketchup. It's fine. Just get through it. Because then you have all these other moments throughout that you're like, oh, this is pretty funny. This is pretty yep. smart. Yeah, I think that's it. Don't look at the production values. Look at the 
no look at the production values but like yeah appreciate it yeah (laughs) true okay you're right appreciate it yeah appreciate it anyway let's get to strep and flat shall we yeah let's do it flat so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it it could change it's flat um what do you want to start with do you want to end on a high note yeah sure let's start with flats then okay my first flat was humphrey's lisp (laughs) it got a little it got a little much sometimes yeah but it was it was a strong but wrong choice (laughs) yeah i i agree like but i have a feeling maybe that referenced the fact that because when you saw him his character introduced with his family and at the time i didn't even know it was matt stone and i'm like i'm like who is this guy he's like terrible and then it was kind of like the family was inbred a little bit so i wasn't sure if that's why it was but 100 percent, it was it's it kind of felt wrong i would agree with you on that flat for sure um the song that's all i'm asking for because i wrote down excuse me while i violently throw up (laughs) (laughs) i honestly blacked that song out so i don't remember what it's about is that the line where they're being men (laughs) yeah i think so Uh, yeah they're 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 being toxic men yeah patriarchy and all that shit yes yep okay and then (laughs) so great that's why. And then my uh, my last flat is for racism. Yay! Well, racism's always bad, for sure. Like we said, they are making a point in this. I feel like there is some attention to detail with the Japanese and what they're saying. I feel like they are saying real things. Because then, you know, later in South Park and everything, like, when they make fun of other languages and other things like that they are making nonsense words and being a little more racist (laughs) yeah super racist yeah but let's let's flat the concept of racism yay yeah well you can't not flat flat that for sure but you know (laughs) yeah you know some people like i mean being a white male i don't have a lot of things i can say you know what i mean like it's like just just flat it and, and let's move on <laughs> yeah and move on for sure 100 percent. uh I, that's really it for my flats i didn't there wasn't that much really that i was like those are the major ones what about you what are your flats yeah you know i for me because i i watch so many bad films like i watch a lot of bad films not because necessarily i want to but but I do just because of what I what I do in life but um so one of my biggest flats was the sound itself like I know they to your point that they spent x they probably spent x amount getting that camera because it is it is well shot in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but I for me with low budget and I don't know how to put this across to directors spend just a little bit more money on the sound because if the things are muffled and the things you can't hear certain things, or it's so obvious when you go from one location to a next and the sound looks, sounds completely different. It's just as bad as if you had uh, a terrible projector and, and terrible shots, right? Like, 
to me, that was a big flat for me. I, I know it, the production values are part of the charm and certainly, uh, but for me, it was just like, sometimes I couldn't hear what they were saying and it was, and maybe it's the version of the, the recording that I have. To their, knows, to their right? defense though, I mean, they were just learning. Yes, so, of course. Yeah. So as your little PSA to like future directors. Yes. Current directors Spend should know this by now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Current and... established directors should know this, but like for yeah. future directors, budget spend spend the budget elsewhere. Like move it around. You know, don't get the super expensive camera. Just like you know, get the, go the step get... below so you can get good audio equipment. Yeah, exactly. And and just know that that makes a difference, right? Like, I I've had movies that I've previewed where I'm like this concept and story is really good, but because the sound and the camera is so bad, I can't give it a pass to show it. So, so no one's going to get to see your vision. If you don't just have that little bit of extra, that's, that's, that would probably be my biggest flat other than of course the racism part, which is always bad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Throw bad. that in there. Uh, that, uh, okay. So sharps, I, sharped the drawings and the opening credits that are basically what's going to happen because there's a moment where i was like there's a snowman we better fucking see that snowman and then we did and it's glorious <laughs> and there was a song <laughs> and there was a whole there was a song and a reprise and a reprise yeah i am sharpening polly they don't really write strong women i've noticed in their filmographies yeah they, they need to have they need men. to have a they need to have i think a a more inclusive uh writing team that includes some women i think yes which which okay you know south park and other and this property and other things are based off of their experiences so obviously it's their voice and their writing for men but as you said yeah they need like a they need to team up with a woman. <laughs> yeah, get a woman. I'm just gonna leave place. it at that. Yeah. But um I I also sharp the googly eyes on the skunk hat because it was just so fucking hilarious. <laughs> I sharped when I was on top of you being an 80s power ballad. <laughs> not the song not really the song, but just the fact that I'm like, ah, yeah, let's rock out this song <laughs> about you fucking your horse. Um <laughs> The <laughs> I laughed so hard and sharped the hardest the the music theory argument between the diggers and the trappers. That was also one of my sharps. I thought that was so funny. The F F sharp major and the E for F, F well F sharp major E F, flat F minor. Flat, uh, F flat E sharp. Yeah, <laughs> like. Oh my god. And then um there's other jokes throughout. Like the Mr. Ed one was pretty good as well, but I I thought that one was just Yeah. That whole kiss. scene was so well done. Yeah. Uh my last sharp is for the ballet dream sequence cuz it was so fucking funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh what were you besides the music theory one what were your sharps? Yeah, also the the ballet scene was was, was by far um one of my favorites i i really sharped <clears throat> the whole <laughs> the whole fact when um matt 
or sorry, Trey Parker's character hacker decides he's going to go take a look. And he's like, don't, don't any of you guys do anything while I'm gone. He comes back and the, the guy killed everybody. So it's like, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm like, <laughs> like they were all going to kill me. So I killed <laughs> <laughs> like that whole scene and how how all the shit went wrong there was was he good. just wouldn't die just, i mean then he just wouldn't die yeah his whole character was was um and i sharped the head of the japanese tribe that that uh-huh. guy in particular was the best i i just loved his character and that, you know, he happens to be the hero at the end. It just made it even better. <laughs> it was just like, yep. Um, I found a fact and I wanted to say it again. Hold on. <laughs> Keep talking. I'll uh, Maybe I'll find it. <laughs> the, the other thing that made me laugh was uh, Humphreys, where he wouldn't eat his shoe, but he eats Snow's foot. Like he uh. was like, yeah, I'm not going to eat my shoe, but he'll eat that guy's foot. I just thought that was so cleverly written because it's like, yeah, because the shoes are stinky. I'm not going to eat that. That's blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, they see him eating the guy's foot and you're just like, okay. So, <laughs> so uh, Masayo Maki, who plays the chief, yep. is the owner of Sushi Zanmai in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> no way. Because I think I've seen him in other things. Parker says that he put him in the movie because they knew they would get a year's worth of free sushi if they did. And they probably did. They probably did. That he was probably the caterer, the the uh crafty as well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean there was a lot of people they thanked at the end of that, right? Oh yeah. And this is you could tell this is like group effort, you know. Oh, let's totally yeah. back our boys up and everything. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 were thanking all kinds of people from it. The other thing I would sharpen this, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I really want to drive it home is that this had that real homage to the classic musicals with the, with the orchestra. What yes. did you call that again? The premise overture? overture at the beginning and at the end. And it was just, it really felt like I was watching an old time musical of the old, like, oklahoma or you know one of those are the music yeah the the golden age yeah the golden age so they really captured that even though you know they said the production values are terrible but they really wanted to make this and i think that was part of the charm of the movie so that was a big sharp for me because as i'm listening to it and you know uh and then you know they have the reprise and then the the music playing in the background and i'm just singing along with spadoinkle again <laughs> was just like oh my god uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I didn't write any down. I felt like they were... Yeah, there's not one that you would continue to sing. Although I thought that um, Polly's song, um, um, Beside, Beside of, of Me. Me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was, that was another part that was hilarious because she's she's singing to it about Parker and then the picture they throw up of him is he looks like a, a serial killer <laughs> just like well oh my God. there's also a moment where there's another guy on the stairs and i was like yeah what the hell was that yeah who's like and i was like i don't think he was supposed to be there <laughs> and then she or just is kept this, rolling or is it? this them breaking the fourth wall by being like you're in a movie 
<laughs> yeah, I don't he, know her. He was he, just he coming looked, in on her jam or whatever. He looked like it was weird because like they were obviously using modern clothing to depict period, except for like her. I think she actually had some period stuff. Yeah. But he was dressed and I was like, I can't tell if he's in modern clothes or he's in <laughs> the quote unquote period clothes. Yeah, anyway. I don't know. It was pretty random to see him happen there. I was kind of like, what? What's but he was still like, he was just kind of easy. He was, he was eavesdropping on it. Oh yeah, I was still laughing at it all the way through it. Uh well on that note, Jim, we're done with the episode. We did it. We did cannibal the musical. No, I know. Over. But don't worry, you'll be back. We just <sighs> we planned you to come back. Yes. Uh, what do you have to plug or promote? Uh, we're back to our old hijinks. We've been kind of, uh, I don't know, having not a regular, um, Life set of episodes. Happens. Yeah. But we, you know, we haven't, we only missed one week. Um, we have a, we're on every week with everything new that comes out, but, um, we have a few segments in our podcast that have been missing since the end of November. So we're all back in, in, um, the podcast room for this week. And coming weeks, and we got Casey from the Nerdy Photographer back with us, who we love desperately because he's the voice of our Rager Dare. So yeah, we're we're all back to our regular hijinks. So oh crap, you asked me to do something and I totally forgot. I'm so sorry. What did I ask you to do? Didn't you send me something to be like if you have an idea for a rage or something? Like- oh <clears throat> no, I just wanted to get you on our show if we could, right? So yes, the the idea is of. I want to get you on our show to do because we're we're trying to record some mini episodes for just either hopefully eventually we'll get a Patreon um account, which because we just don't have the time to to literally have as much time to interview, but in between all of the film watching that we do. So yeah, it, we'd love to have you on to dare us to see either dare us to see a movie that's terrible and that you want us to watch it because it is so terrible. But that means you also have to have watched it because you're going to come on and review it with us or right. a movie that you love and you want us to come on and talk, talk to us about it. So it'll be a one movie and it'll be no more than 30 minutes. So I have some ideas. I'll okay. run them by you when we're done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that I've covered on here and I hope you haven't seen them yet. Um, well, but... the rule is that it, number one, it has to have played in a cinema anywhere in the world. And number two, that we haven't already reviewed it. So, okay, I've got two in mind. I've got three in mind. We will talk. Nice. Um, but if you, I don't know, if you know more about Alfred Packer, or if you have any answers to questions we had during this episode that I can't remember right now, uh, feel free to reach out and answer them. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, yeah. Or if you know of a future production of the stage version happening, let us know. Or you can let me know and I'll let Jim know. Whatever. Um, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're going to do a Golden Age musical because I totally planned it that way. Haha. And we're going to be talking about Will Abner, everyone. Woo! Jim, thank you so much for coming on back on you'll be back uh I, I could say. you could <laughs> not hold me back i will always be back john great and bye for now everyone 
Special thanks to Aaron Troy for creating the pod's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles. A huge thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. And thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of Life's But a Song. Bye for now, everyone, and have a musical day.